rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 9, The Rant. Paul Diaspara of Crown Refs stops by. And this is going to be a collaboration with Crown Refs. Um, they also have a podcast called The Crown Refs Podcast. And you can find them on Twitter at Crown Refs and Instagram, Crown underscore Refs. Now, Paul Diaspara, we have a wide-ranging conversation about his uh, experience with field hockey as well as basketball and, of course, girls lacrosse. But his bread and butter is basketball just like me. And we go over uh, his, his history his future, and what he's up to now. So I hope you enjoy this. This is, again, a collaboration with Crown Refs. Episode 9, coming now. Right, welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with my man, Paul. What's going on, How man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. All right, so this is, uh, this is great. I just uh, I got wind of him um, from Instagram. What was that handle? Instagram at Crown Refs. Crown, Crown Refs. underscore Refs on Instagram. So once I conceived Referee Rant, I was kind of seeing the landscape of different uh, referee pages, and I came across him. Um, I believe you're a, a member of the Westchester Association, right? Or 52, I able. Do you do any other sports? Actually, I do. I do uh, field hockey and girls lacrosse. Okay, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but that's great. And don't tell anybody, but it's stealing money. <laughs> Highway robbery. <laughs> Okay, but your main thing is basketball, right? My passion is hoops. Okay, and you do uh, Catholic League in the city. Mm-hmm. What else do you do? I do, um, well, I do all levels, from youth all the way up to Division II. I'm doing the Westchester, Bosey's Catholic uh, High School League, as well as a couple of Division Three and Division Two leagues. That's great. Hopefully one day I'll be at Division One. That's a goal. I think you will. <laughs> but you've never seen me work. It doesn't matter. I, I see how focused you are with your, with your uh, Instagram page and That's everything true. that you've been doing. So um, great content. Obviously, I will set up all the information on the show notes. Um, wh- how did you get involved with the game of basketball yourself? Did you play? Did you coach? Yeah, I was a player. I started in third grade. Ter- I was a terrible player starting out, mm-hmm. as are most kids. Um, my youth, I, I spent as like a sixth, seventh man coming off the bench, kid who could shoot. Started taking more seriously in high school, going to camps, training, going to AAU. Eventually was a starting player my senior year. Did pretty well, you know, like average 15 a game. Was like probably like the best player on my high school team who wasn't very good, mm. you know. So I was a good local player. Uh, wound up playing, going on to play in Division Three for a year at Eastern Connecticut. Um, which was cool to play college basketball, but right around that time, that's when my passion and my love for the game started to disappear. So I only played one year at Eastern Connecticut, but grew up addicted to the game. My dad was a coach. He coached me in AAU, coached me in youth. Uh, my brother wound up being a Division One basketball player. So it's a bas- you know, part of a basketball family, you know. 
So how did you start separating from being a player to being an official? How did that start? How did that passion grow? Well, when I stopped playing college, I was 19. I went, I went and did a bunch of other things. Stopped. I, re, uh, I got into men's leagues in my, in my um, lower 20s. Got into men's leagues. But for about four or five years, I took a break from the game. Um, you know, was trying to find myself going in different, different industries, but not playing. So I reconnected with the game probably at 27, and that's when I got back into men's leagues. I just loved playing. I loved going to pick. I played pickup every night. Would always find a new gym. Um, and then was just playing in various men's leagues in Westchester. And right around probably two years into doing men's leagues, my mother, mom, mom's no best, by the way, said, you should take the referee class. It'd be good extra money. So I was very hesitant at first because being a player and my, and my perception of, of the old referee that I had, you know, the heavy set bald guy who's out there bird dogging. Right. By the way, can we get rid of bird dog in the we rule need to. book? We I need like to. how they put optional bird dog. <laughs> Don't use it at all. No. Don't use the bird dog. But um, so coming from a player and my perception as a ref, I was like, oh, I'm not going to ref. I don't want to be a referee because I, I was a player. I was a baller. Yeah. You know, um, so I took the class in 2011. Didn't start working until spring of 2012. And that's when I got in with an assigner who was just giving me a ton of games, four or five, six nights a week, just really filling me up. So that's when I started to get my reps in and started to build my, my passion a little bit. And you started taking it more serious. Your mindset started to focus in on being great at it, right? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely where the passion began. That was the start of it. So in 2012, when I started to work a lot of games, whether it's youth or AAU, and then into some men's leagues, that's when I started to get the itch. Like, okay, I like this a lot. I want to keep doing this. Really quickly, how did you start getting into the other sports that you were doing? So it was about two years into me refing, and then once I started getting a lot of games and seeing the, those checks that come in, mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, basketball season's about to be over. So I was talking to another couple other refs, and they're like, oh, you should do girls lacrosse. He goes, there's so many games. You could work every day. You could fill up your – make your own schedule. He's like, it's, it's so easy. No one knows the rules. <laughs> That's very true. And the sportsmanship is great. Nobody's going to argue with you if you miss a call. The girls cheer you on after the game. They thank you in a cheer. So that just tells you about the culture of girls across. So just the opportunity of, of filling my schedule um, all year round is what kind of got me rolling to other sports. And then that led to, I went back to that guy. His name was Joe. Joe, what's the next sport I should do? I got basketball. I got girls lacrosse. He was like, you should do girls basketball. So I went and did girls basketball. Um, and then he said, do field hockey. So that covered me in the fall season. So I had fall, winter, spring, and then basketball's year-round. So that was the summer, too. So that pretty much capped me out as far as how many sports I was going to do. Now, it's safe to say that if you had to rank all of them, it would, basketball would still be number one, correct? It would be one, two, three, four, and five. I agree. <laughs> I agree. The rest is supplemental income. It's, it allows me to be on the field. It at least allows me to be part of a game, um, be with partners, travel, right, be around kids so I mean you're getting a lot of reps even though you're not and even though I'm not doing a basketball game if I'm out there doing girls across I still think it's helping me improve my basketball game, oh absolutely you know? and, and to your point um, with lacrosse I do men's lacrosse boys lacrosse and the fact that 
There could be a situation where somebody's offsides, and it could be self-corrective without you throwing the whistle. Mm -hmm. It adds an extra layer of patience when you do basketball, because basketball is more instantaneous calls. You have to see it and then adjudicate it at the spot, and then we're moving the other way. But with lacrosse, you're like, that could be an offsides, but they can correct it, and I'm going to give them time to correct it. And if they don't, then you call it, and if they do, then we're moving right along. And that kind of opens up another side of your brain, which makes you even more patient with basketball, I find. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way. No, definitely, because in the other two sports, field hockey and girls lacrosse, we have that held whistle. Right. So if it's a pending violation and we're not going to take away the advantage of the offense, you just put your arm up or a flag, depending on which sports. So it's just a held whistle. So I always, I always was like, that would be cool if we had that in basketball. If I had like a hand check, put your hand up, like, okay, I have a foul, but it's pending. So if I blow by you, I'm going to put the hand down. It's going to be a no call. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do that. But, no, to your point, I I really do like that held whistle in the other sports. So you were saying that you do officiate on the college level, Division II. Uh, For those out there that are trying to crack where, you know, in the beginning you're doing middle school games and then you start up JV and then it feels a lot more serious and then you start getting into your varsity games and then you start getting into the private leagues. Um, what advice would you give a younger official that has lesser experience but would like to elevate to the college level? How do they go about doing such a thing? Everybody always gave me this advice when I was on a, you know, on a, on a, on a lower level moving up. Just take your time. Be patient. Don't try to rush. Don't try to skip steps. And that's so true. My advice would be to master every level you're on. Try to be the best referee, referee you can be on that level. Start off being a great CYO official. Then start. Then go be a great middle school ref. Then be the best freshman ref you can be. Then JV, so on and so forth, to high school. And when you when you follow that pattern, it trends up. It trends up for you. So as you move level to level, you've been doing this already at every single level. So you're ready for that next step. You don't ever want to go in to that next step when you're not ready. Mm. So it's best to be over ready. Than under ready. Right, and they you know? say in our business it's better to be one year late than one year early. It's true. And I find that to be true as well. Because you're only going to be that more polished and that more seasoned when you get that opportunity. Right. Do you have any interest in elevating in the other sports that you do? I do not. I do not, because that's going to take away time and focus to what my passion is, um, and that's hoops. Okay. Um, so what did it take to get to where you are right now? And what's it going to take for you to get to where you want to go? I mean, from, from where I'm at now, it took everything. It took everything. Every, everything I've ever done, my wins and losses, has got me to this point. But it, what I would recommend is doing as many games as you can. A young official should not be turning back any games. Doing youth, doing CYO, middle school, men's league. So just getting your reps in, doing as many as possible. I would recommend filming yourself now I know that may seem far-fetched but that's what I did I went and bought a video camera because I was not satisfied with the amount of film that I had access to which was pretty much none when you're doing freshman and JV the only opportunity you have is if you go to a camp in the summer they may film you send you back with the film which is great and that's what got the bug started with me when I first see myself at a camp how enlightening it was you know, so watching film is one of the number one ways to accelerate your growth. Yeah, and I even uh, discussed that in an earlier post when I first started the website. Uh, it was called Mirror Mentoring, where 
Um, sometimes you're just if you're left to left with your own devices, um, maybe you don't have somebody that's bringing you along. Film is a great thing, and also just writing down your experiences so that way it happened to you. You can write it down, you can read it, absorb it, and then you can apply it for the next time. So in, in essence, you've basically experienced it more than once in those situations. Yeah, so to, so to add to that, when I did watch film, I had a notebook. Every game I would label and date who the teams were, who my partners were, the date of the game, and then I would track everything. I would track every single call I made. I would write down notes I had for my partners, give them the notes. So every game I'm evaluating and I'm walking away with, with content learned um, and taking that into my next game. So I had a big stack of notes dating back freshman games, you know, tracking all that. So write, writing stuff down is huge. What's it going to, to, what's it gonna take for you to get to where you want to go? I to elevate even further. Um, I think it just it's going to take continuing on doing what I'm doing, going down the path. If if you were to ask, you know, an older official the, his advice, he would probably tell me just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep working hard. You got to go to camps. Where you go in the summer determines where you work in the winter. Determines your schedule. The camps that you go to, which observers seen you, which leagues you try out for, that determines where you're going to work in the winter. So the, the summer is huge. The last five, six summers, I've been going to three, four camps, you know, in July, giving up my weekends, cutting the check. you got to pay to play. I mean, it's, not ex- it's expensive, but I don't, I don't worry about any of that. I just, uh, it's an investment back in myself, and I think it'll all pay off one day. I, think, I definitely think it will because you're very invested and you can tell from everything that you're associated with. And to that point, I wanted to talk about Crown Refs. How did you conceive that idea? What's your mission statement? And where do you want to take it? And where do you see the future with Crown Refs? All good questions. Some of them I know the answers to. Others I don't. Let me just start on a little backstory on, on Crown, the brand Crown, um, because we're here now. We're at Crown Basketball located in the Island Garden in Long Island, New York. So my brother is a basketball coach and trainer. He started Crown Basketball back in 20, 2013. He played at Adelphi. So that's when he began to um, build his clientele. Started with one kid, started training two, three, five. Next thing you know, it's 10. Two years later, he has enough to where it, it could become his full-time job. Then he started AAU programs. So I always felt the connection with what he was doing, and it was a family-first atmosphere. Never talked about money, never talked about chasing a check. It was all about going above and beyond for the kids, doing right by the kids. So I always um, shared that philosophy with him. So years later, I was like, I think I took a picture with a couple of my referee friends, and I uh, captioned it, Crown Refs. Like, you know, I'm the crown ref division. He takes care. He deals with players and coaches. I got the refs. We got the full game covered on all sides. So that's the backstory story of, of the name crown refs. I got passionate about coaching or mentoring other refs probably in 2016. That's where I had built up enough confidence in what I had learned through my travels that I was ready to start giving back. I stayed quiet my first five years. I just worked. I put my head down. I worked. I stayed quiet. You didn't hear from me. So when I was ready, I, I, I found a couple couple young refs that showed just an amazing passion, work ethic, and talent, and the ability to want to learn. 
and I felt that I was in a position to give back and teach them the right way or teach them the good habits that I had learned. So that's when it started in person, Crown Refs, just giving back to the game, trying to find as many referees that wanted my advice or wanted to get better. I felt I could add value to them. Now I'm trying to do the same thing, but with the reach of the Internet. Mm. And the reach of the Internet, as you know, is unlimited. Yes. And I've been connecting with officials all around the world. I mean, just refs DMing me from Poland saying, oh, I loved your pregame that you posted. I'm going to use it. I'm going to show my other officials. Or a guy in Montana saying, um, I used your captain's speech the other night, and now I got my buddies using it. So the effect has just been awesome. Um, so that's where I'm at. I just want to connect with as many officials as possible that are on the Internet and off the Internet in person. Um, and I want to help them reach their goals, anything I could do. I'm always available. I'm always accessible. I tell people on Instagram, reach out to me with questions. If you have plays, send it. I'll always get back to you. I have zero unread messages, and I have hundreds of people that have hit me up. So the point is, if you reach out to me, I'm going to go above and beyond for you and give you as much value as I can. Yeah, and to your point, that's that's how I connected with you. I was really gravitated to one of your podcasts, um, and I think the one... I forget what episode it was, but it was it was when you first started, and you were talking about that you filmed yourself. You got one of your buddies to film it, and and you paid a kid to do it, and you were just trying to find a way to to film yourself. And and I know in the beginning for me, I shied away from film because I just wanted to absorb it. And I'm coming from a different place because basketball was my fourth sport; it wasn't even my my first one. So I didn't think anything about filming. But I think that's such a a great way to nurture in a expedient way mm-hmm. as opposed to just kind of taking your time and, and, and not really being honest with how you're looking in the mirror. Speaking of mirror, Mr. Pink, uh, my co-host on the podcast, had a great analogy. He says, not watching film is like getting up, putting your clothes on, and not looking in the mirror. Yeah. How are you going to know how you look? So there's no way to be completely self-aware of who you are as an official unless you observe yourself on film. Mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of guys that just go, they do a game, and then they go home. And like... Oh, how was the game? Oh, it was great. We did well. How do you know you did well? You didn't watch the film. That's why when people ask me, oh, how was your game? I'm always reluctant to really tell them how I did. I was, oh, it was good. It went well. And I'm always thinking to myself, yeah, it went well pending film review. Because how many games do you do where you're like, oh, I think we did really well. We didn't miss anything. You watch the film, there's 10, 10 calls that you could have done differently or right. got, gotten incorrect. So this, it's just the truth serum, you know? Um, Final things that I wanted to speak to you on. Let's talk about uh, your show, the the, uh, the basketball shop. Basketball shop. Yeah. How did you conceive that, and uh, where do you see that going? Um, like like to answer your question about where I have Crown Refs long term and where do I see this going? I'm not really sure because this is all new to me. I didn't imagine a year ago this is what I would be doing, um, creating basketball referee content for the internet. So as far as where it's going to go, I'm not sure. What I'm most concerned with is putting out great content on a day-to-day basis and I think if I can do that then I think the chips will fall in place where, where that is I don't know but as far as the basketball shop it's it's me and uh, Mr. Pink who's a very good friend of mine and also a, a, an official in the Catholic League and one great thing about Mr. Pink is he's just he's so hungry to learn he's so eager to seek out um, knowledge in general but especially mine because we work closely together so it started off with him coming in the gym uh, one day, and he wanted to talk about all of his plays that he had the night prior in a men's league game. So we were just speaking about 
positioning, mechanics, interactions with players, coaches, all these aspects of the game. And then 40 minutes later, we're like, wow, that was a great session. I really wish we recorded that because I do think a lot of other officials could get some value out of hearing the everyday stuff we all talk about, but yeah. nobody's recording it. Right. Nobody's tracking it. So that's basically what I wanted to start doing was just documenting my journey. So the basketball shop is two officials on a basketball court talking about everything basketball from rules, plays, situations, experiences, instructional uh, mechanics training because, you know, Mr. Pink um, has has so much potential. The sky's the limit for him. But he, like all of us, have a lot to work on. So we're, basi- we're he's basically showing me his mechanics live, and I'm able to critique and change a couple things, tweak, in order to, for him to show the most strength. So uh, his improvement so far has been awesome. So we just did our 10th episode today, and I'm just all about recording it, edit it, put it out on as many platforms as I can, and just let, just let the people consume it, and hopefully it can help them in their game. I mean, look, if, if I can help one other ref, then I think I've done my job. Yeah, I'll say you that you've, you've inspired me to make even better content for my website. And, you know, I think I have a nice connection with you now because of, uh, I can just see you and, and I can learn a lot of things just by following your page. Well, so. I appreciate that. And I love the fact that we connected and I love the fact that you're pumping out referee content, too. I mean, I think we all can eat, you know, and, and the collaboration is great. And you do 10 sports. That's crazy. I do three. I'm like, three's enough. I know. 10 sports. 10 sports might be the record, the American record. It could be. It could be. It but could be. probably someone in Montana does like 14. There's probably somebody in India that does modified cricket <laughs> and soccer and football and basketball and whatever sport that they have there. But 10 is crazy. And, that, and that's also great for your brand because it's a multi-sport perspective. You're not just talking about basketball. Yeah. I'm just hoops only. You have... All ten sports, which well, feel free to talk about field hockey uh, nah, and girls lacrosse. I'm good. <laughs> um, so I would assume that the the basketball shop is an extension of how you conceived uh, the Crown Refs podcast. Uh-huh. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, my uh, my good friend Mike Despali, another Catholicly ref. Shout out to Mike, great guy. He's got great hair too. I call him the Part King. Uh, you got to see him; you'll run into him. But we were doing a game on a Sunday night at Scanlon and he was like he's a big supporter of Crown Refs he's always um, engaging with me talking to me about the content giving me feedback he's like you know this app Anchor you could start your own podcast record it and then tomorrow you can be on Spotify and Apple Music I'm like okay let's do it so I downloaded the app it's very easy um, to figure out and then I started recording pretty much kind of following the similar model of the basketball shop Although the basketball shop's a little bit more of a physical display Mm -hmm. of positioning and mechanics. So on the podcast, we're not going to talk about mechanics. It's pretty much all the stuffs that we don't need a visual for. That was the other thing. I was trying to figure out, you know, which stuff should go on the basketball shop, which stuff should go on the podcast. And I'm still in the process of figuring that out. Like I said, this is all new for me. So I'm learning as I go. But um, we've been talking a lot about responses to coaches. That's kind of like one of my big theses on how I can help, I think, is, is your interactions with coaches and always us running the game, not allowing the coaches to run the game, but doing it in the most professional, courteous, yet firm manner. So we just did an episode called Welcome to Responseville. We tried, we opened it up and engaged with the Instagram audience and had them ask questions of difficult situations that coaches 
that they had in their game with coaches. So I pretty much just read a lot of their questions out for them, answered them. So we gave a full 25, 26 minutes on responses for coaches. These are responses that if you hear them, you should take them, use them in their game because use them in your game because a coach is going to say this. He's going to say, he's going to question you about the foul count. He's going to say the foul count is 7-3. At some point this season, you will hear a coach say that. That's already happened to me before, multiple times this year. What did you say? I said, Coach, I'm just only calling what I see. I have a partner. I trust in him, in his area. If I see a foul, I'll call it. But I don't see it that way. And also at the same time, chances are if it's 7-3, one team is playing a little bit more aggressive than the other. That's Mm -hmm. the way I see it. So it really depending on the situation. But, you know, I I always tell them that I'm not going to guess and start calling things that I don't see. So if I see a foul, I'll call it. So I did a post about that, how you respond when a coach says the fouls are 7-1. Coach, I'm aware of the foul count, I'm aware of the score, and I'm aware of the time. That's the last time we're going to talk about the scoreboard. Do you have any other questions? Gave the ball back in his court. So I just like want to want to help people and give them ready responses so when they hear this, they can use a piece. Maybe make it make it your own. Yeah. If you like what I said, then and you want to add a line or subtract a line, just like everything else. If you like it, take it and use it and make it your own. If you don't, disregard it. Right. So the podcast lately we've been doing a lot about um, about coach responses and then just ref talk, plays, situations, rules, interpretations. I love recapping our games from like the night prior. Oh, I had a men's league game. I had three real interesting plays. Let's talk about it. You know? So that's where we're at with the podcast. And it's a lot of work. Oh, it's a lot, it's of, a work. lot of work recording it, editing it, and then promoting it. Oh, yeah. Right? Because you're not just going to not promote it. So, all right, so we got to do the description. I got to write an, uh, you know, an intelligent description describing mm-hmm. the show. We need artwork for the show. Yep. Once we get all that, we have to promote it. We got to do an Instagram post. We got to do a stories post. Then we got to clip like a minute portion of it just to give people a taste test that they haven't heard it. I love the work. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. It's great because, like, I'm a creator just like yourself. We, we create, you know, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm creating referee content. I used to make funny videos. That was where I started on Instagram. Um, I had an account called The Kale King where it was just like sports comedy and that's what I was passionate about. Mm. Just making funny videos, editing them, putting all the bitmojis and pinning stuff up. So, but that pretty much got me and I evolved to where I'm at now where I'm I'm doing my passion. I'm being creative, but I'm doing it for my industry, which is officiating. Yeah, and the basketball community and the officiating community definitely appreciates it. So, uh, just really quickly, just say what your Twitter, uh, your you have a Twitter? We just got on Twitter this week. Okay, so tell us your Facebook page, your Instagram page, YouTube. Yeah, it's all Crown Refs. So just go on any search and type in Crown Refs. The only difference is Instagram has the underscore. Mm. Uh, so it's Crown underscore Refs. But I do think you could just type in Crown Refs and it'll pop up. So we're on Instagram, on Facebook. Instagram is the meat and potatoes of everything. That's That was the first account that I started. That's the one I'm most proud of. That's the one that I'm on on a daily basis. A lot of the other content comes from Instagram. So on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, Crown Refs, um, just type in YouTube. Uh, I'm sorry, type in Crown Refs on the search in YouTube. You'll find the basketball shop. Go ahead and subscribe to my channel. I have 41 uh, subscribers, so it's going well. Yeah, it's going great. But look, man, I don't chase numbers. I don't chase likes. I don't chase followers at all. The best advice I can give you, just like in basketball, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great work. Keep it up. Thanks a lot, man. I I love what you're doing, too. 
I appreciate it, man. And just to let everybody know, this is also going to be on the Crown Refs podcast. Absolutely. And hopefully uh, you guys can invite me uh, onto your show as well. And then maybe Absolutely. I can talk about cases and, and situations and coaches and all those good things. And maybe we'll even talk about field hockey and how I can get into that <laughs> so I can get into 11 sports. Wow. You, you think had, you're going to go with 11? You're going to go one, one more? I don't know. I I haven't done girls lacrosse yet, and I know that I, I, I treat that as a different sport than boys lacrosse because it is. You know what a great thing about girls lacrosse is? It has a lot of the same fouls as basketball. Block, charge, push, hit, trip. I mean, it's ready-made for you. Yeah, I'll think <laughs> about it. I was going to do it, but they were saying you should try to elevate in lacrosse, and I do baseball. I'm trying to be a college official, too. Nice. Yeah, you told baseball. me that was your passion. That's great. Yeah. The, only, the one difference in girls lacrosse, the block is the real proper block, the hands to the hips. So I got to do that. Mm. I don't do that on the court. What do you do? Is that book? No, I do this because I do a lot of girls, high-level girls basketball games too. So I, I, had, I had to learn how to switch the mechanics because I found like on a Monday I'm doing a girls game, on a Tuesday I'm doing a boys game. So in the beginning I was getting confused, but I guess I lended on my experience of doing 5,000 sports hmm. that I was able to just kind of just learn it on the fly and be able to not have too much uh, error. And what number sport is basketball for you? It's number one. Well, uh, not as far as ranking, as far as when you got into basketball. It was the fourth sport. Okay, fourth sport. Yeah, I did flag football first, and I got into that by accident. I got into adult league softball, which I got into <laughs> by accident. Good good way to use your voice and game management skills in yes. adult league softball. But that's what I mean. So by the time I got into basketball and I was doing CYO games, I couldn't believe that it was so much more organized and people weren't drinking beer and people weren't yelling at me. Mm -hmm. So I, I uh, had a lot easier time dealing with kids as opposed to adults. So I think that's where I got my thick skin from, gotcha. from doing all those sports. Do you have, any, you have no, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. No, I'm just thinking because we're at the Island Garden. I, what, early in my career, probably my first year, my brother was able to get me a, a men's league game here. He's like, you think you're ready to ref men's league? I said, yeah, I'm ready. I was like 10 games in. Yeah, I'm ready. I got this. So it was a men's league, summer men's league. It was the Delphi summer team. Mm. Excellent D2 team. Right. Versus Danny Green and his brother and his friends. So Danny Green and friends. And this is when he just started with the Spurs. So he was starting to establish himself as a quality player. I had no business ref in that game. I'm telling you, I did not make a call all game. You were, I, did, you, I had no idea what anything was. Guys mm -hmm. dropping, hitting the floor. It's too quick for me. Were they yelling at you? Oh, screaming. Danny Green, first play, pretty much gets slapped across his whole arm. Screams at me, curses at me. Don't call ish on the other end. Don't call nothing. You know what I did? I just took it. I was just nodding my head. I was not ready. Thankfully, and no offense to Danny Green... He wound up getting dunked on a couple <laughs> possessions later and dislocated his finger and had to leave the game. He's fine. He recovered. He won a championship. Yes. He's fine. Yes. But I didn't have to endure any more of his abuse throughout the game. So I was totally not ready for it. But the point is, like, I gained experience. I gained reps through that. And I would recommend men's leagues to a lot of officials that yeah, want to improve. And I saw that on your page. And, and it's, it's interesting that you saw that because... I know a lot of the officials that I know locally, everyone always shies away from the adult league because they don't want to deal with the headache. But I always try to tell them that's where, that's where you build yeah. your armor. That's, that's where you feel like the stickiest situations are. And that's why I even tell people you should do PSAL 
yeah. because there's a lot of sticky situations that probably will never happen in real life, but yeah. happen there. That's an ugly game. Yes. I know you deal with ugly situations, but you definitely are able to grow from it. Yes. And the men's league's not for everybody. You know, a guy with four kids who's 40 years old, he doesn't want to go home and take that abuse. So right. that's, that's understandable. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I totally get And safety's first, too. These guys are, I mean, I've been threatened. I've been, you know, followed to my car, all that. That's not fun. You're still here. So. But I, I did return the yeah, following night to work. <laughs> yeah. So I love it, man. And I could tell by just your tone of voice, and we haven't known each other too long, but I could tell how, how passionate you are about it. It's awesome, huh? It is. It's so fun. It's, I mean, I'm here. I know. I'm here, and you're here. Just the process, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like... That's why I say I say don't don't fall in love with your goal. Just in fall in love with fall in love with how you're going to achieve your goal. Fall in love with the process. Fall in love with the grind. Yeah. Fall fall in love with the the steps that you're not going to skip. Correct. Don't skip any steps. Paul, I appreciate all the advice that you've given. This is going to be such a worthwhile thing. Again, this is going to be co-broadcast with Referee Rant, the Rant, as well as Crown Ref Podcast. Yeah, but I want all your production on it. I just want you to send me the file because I need that that nice jingle you have in the beginning and your edits and all that. We'll make sure that we uh, <laughs> we, we spice it up and uh, give it to you for, for all your people to consume. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out, and I wish uh, you and your brand the best of luck. I think you're going to do really well, and I think people are loving it already. Yeah, and continued success for you, and we will be collaborating in the near future multiple times, I'm sure. And I think we'll probably get a game or two in the near yes, future. Yes, yeah, at some point. Yes, My sir. man. All right, bro. All right, this is The Rant. We're out.